What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Bro Tech Gaming Podcast. This is episode number eight. My name is Carlos. And I'm Sean, guys. How's it going? Welcome back to the, the next episode in the series. Before we get started, uh, Carlos, how's your week been, dude? What you been up to? Uh, week has been pretty good. I uh, just went back to work on Tuesday. Uh, work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then I'm off again for three more days. So nice. wasn't that bad. Uh, got a little bit of upgrades for the PC. Um, I got some RAM. Nice. So this one is uh, 3600 uh cl18 uh it's a four stick pack so uh 32 gigs still white so, ram kit so it'll match your white system that you got going on now you just got to get a new motherboard yeah i, I probably won't though because that's that's a lot of money for a white <laughs> my, a white motherboard and, and just uh, uh just for the sake of conversation what was wrong with your last uh ram kit that you had in there uh, nothing was wrong with it. It was just the wrong color. <laughs> just for the looks. <laughs> yeah, it, it just guy. well, the other one was slower. It was um thirty two hundred, uh, but CL sixteen, so it was faster timings. But uh, it's kind of a like an equal trade off, so it's yeah. fine. It's a problem, right? Uh, when we get to the when we get to a phase when we feel like we've done as much as we can with our computer, we're still always looking for one more thing that we can change. We get so tired of looking at the same pc every single day like we want to tweak one more thing even if it doesn't need it kind of yeah, makes you just think, want to start over from scratch all over again yeah that, that's just going to be the case forever because you're going to want a new case you're going to want new fans you're going to want a new um gpu like i want a new gpu because you know i, I want a white one do but it. i also want a, a faster one <clears throat> just do i it. will i will sooner For or later Forty ninety. Two nah, G's, two G's for a forty ninety, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, I also got a light. Uh, you can't see it, but I got a light. You got me a light, and uh, I feel like the video looks way better, way clearer. So glossy, I can see the glossiness on your face. Ooh, can you see the color in my eyes? No, it's hiding. It's hiding your red eyes. Your eyes <laughs> asleep. <laughs> yeah i'm running on two hours of sleep so if i'm a little off on this podcast i'm okay. sorry we'll, we'll get through it uh fortunately the topic for today is going to be something that me and carlos uh feel very dearly about and that's going to be our uh favorite gaming franchises so um basically it's going to be a, a list like we've each compiled a list between the two of us about what games we played growing up what franchises specifically we played growing up that um we like the most and Basically, if they released a new game in any of these series or franchises, like it would be a game that we'd want to buy like right away. Like we probably wouldn't hesitate to buy it. If they were still doing those midnight releases at GameStop where you stood in line for three hours, we'd probably standing be standing in line to get these games. Uh, with that being said, Carlos, why don't you why don't you uh, start us off on it, man? All right. Uh, so I made a list. It's in no particular order, uh, but I'll start off with uh, Grand Theft Auto. Mm -hmm. Uh, I first played Grand Theft Auto. I think it was on the PS2 uh, for Vice. It was, I think it was Vice City. Oh no, no, no! It was three. Grand Theft Auto three. three. Yeah, three. Um, three came out first. Uh, Vice City came out second. Yeah. So, uh, so Grand Theft Auto three. Um, I remember playing that game from start to finish. I was too young for the for the midnight release, but um, believe me, I, I still have the game. I think I had it on like the greatest hits when it was like twenty dollars. Back when they had uh, those deals, bro. We remember they had the trilogy. They had the greatest hits trilogy pack. It had all three of them on on one disc for the PS2. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, w which one was it? Was it uh, Grand Theft Auto Three, Vice City, and San Andreas? Was it San Andreas? Yeah. I thought San Andreas came out on the three. No, they they still they still had San Andreas for the PS uh, for the PS2. Uh, kind of at the last on its last legs before they updated to the new generation consoles, but they did have like a trilogy that you could buy that was like a greatest hits. It was like thirty dollars though, but it's because it came with three games instead of just one. But I remember okay. that growing up. Grand Theft Auto, um, in no particular order, but it is one of my favorites. I have a lot of good memories playing it mm -hmm. uh, with uh, the homie uh, Julio. Shout out to Julio if you're watching. What's up? Um, I actually went to a midnight release with him uh, to get Vice City. We went to the mall and we stayed there till midnight and we got our copy, went home, stayed up till like, you know, three, four o'clock a.m. playing it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Vice City, uh, the, the main character was voiced by Ray Liotta, RIP. And um, he at that time, he was 
pretty much my favorite actor because so I had started getting into like Goodfellas and stuff like that. And uh, once, you know, like his voice was in the game, it was like it made me just love the game even more. So I have a lot of good memories with that game, uh, especially like Vice City with the missions, the whole Miami uh, feeling, the colors, the songs, the song, the soundtracks for Grand Theft Auto is always going to be like top tier. Mm-hmm. Like for me personally, Vice City was my favorite one out of all of them. I've I've always liked Grand Theft Auto. They've always been fun, but Vice City was my favorite. Like that whole 80s Miami vibe, like you said, Ray Liotta as Tommy Versetti, probably like my favorite like character out of any Grand Theft Auto so far. Um, it's a shame they haven't really remade that yet, but apparently the new Grand Theft Auto 6 is supposedly taking place in Vice City, but I've heard like a couple different things based on that, so I guess we'll have to see. Hopefully uh, Ray Liotta did a little cameo before, you know, he left. I don't know. I mean, it's been in development for a few years, so there's there's a chance. But the the rumor I heard about Grand Theft Auto 6 is it's going to focus on multiple cities within the Grand Theft Auto universe. So it's like being able to fast travel to different cities. So you'll be able to see Liberty City, Los Santos, Vice City, basically like all the places you've been able to play in previous Grand Theft Auto games but they're going to give you like more cities to venture to and hot tra- and uh, fast travel to, or it could just straight up be in Vice City. I'm not sure. Um, but after that nasty leak that they had revealing so much gameplay, they kind of closed lips on it all over again because they were probably afraid they were going to have too much information leaked all over. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they did some uh, brand new NDAs for yeah. for everybody. So yeah, so that's uh, so that's my first pick. Uh, we're doing a top five, so that was one out of five. So if you want to start with your one um, out of five, mine's kind of tough, man, because I don't really have like I can't put them in any particular order either. You've actually got a couple on your list that I also like in my franchise, but I think the main one that I'm gonna start off with is uh, Metal Gear Solid. I've always been like a hardcore fan of the Metal Gear Solid franchise, just because. I feel like the the storytelling is like super epic, but also complicated at the same time. But uh, Hideo Kojima, the guy that's basically directed like every Metal Gear Solid that's ever come out in the past, he has such a unique and cinematic style of storytelling that had never really been done before in video games. Um, if you go like all the way back to like Metal Gear Solid on the PS1, um, my best friend in high school, uh, his name's Nick, Nick Schultz, who kind of like got me into like video games when I was like a little kid. Like he showed me a lot of games on the Super Nintendo I had never had. Uh, he showed me Metal Gear Solid for the first time. Dude, the first time I played Metal Gear Solid, I was just blown away with how like epic the storytelling was. Um, it was a stealth action game and you didn't really have a lot of that at the time. Everything was very just straightforward action-y shooters. Um, so the fact that it was stealth and there were consequences to, to some of your actions in combat, I thought was really, really cool. Um, the characters are really cool. I, I feel like it was very groundbreaking in the time that it came out. I think the closest thing that would really kind of rival Metal Gear Solid is like a stealth action game would probably be like the Splinter Cell games. Uh, Splinter Cell was very like stealth oriented too. But something about Metal Gear, man, like the character development and the storytelling, like very like Hollywood cinematic style storytelling that you never really saw back then. It's a shame that Konami had such a falling out with Hideo Kojima because now like we don't know when there's going to be another Metal Gear Solid game. But if they put out another game, like even if it's just a remake, I'm going to scoop that up immediately. Like I love those games so much growing up. I've got like... I've got like books like the size of like dictionaries that talk about like the lore and the story behind Metal Gear, like how everything kind of comes like full circle in the storyline. Um, but I know it's not a franchise. It's really for everybody. I think you gave it a try once and you put it down like after a couple hours. Yeah. So I did give it a try. Um, I played uh, Metal Gear Solid 5. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that was like the new generation game when it first came out. Yeah. Uh, well, when that mm-hmm. game came out. I remember it being more uh, cutscene than actual gameplay. Yeah, there was a lot of cutscenes, um, and it was cool. Like, it, it, like the the CGI looked really good. Um, I, it was kind of hard for me to follow along with the story because 
you know, starting in five, like I don't really know anybody. I don't know any other backgrounds. I don't know the characters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so that one, I'm not really a stealth kind of person when it comes to playing games. So for me, I like the whole like running gun. I just, I just want to get through it really quick. And maybe I don't have the patience for it. I think that's why uh, those games, games never really like resonated with me. That's why you play as Octane in Apex. Because you're trying yeah, to like, get in there faster than everybody else. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's definitely my main. Yeah, that's that was definitely like the major criticism, though. Um, like I would say, as popular as Metal Gear Solid was, it definitely had a divided, uh, you know, like fan base because you had the you had the people that really loved it, and you had the people that like didn't care for it. And basically, their main criticism was like, "Oh, there's too many cutscenes, or it feels like I'm playing an interactive movie." On top, on top of that, Hideo Kojima uses very like odd themes. Like he he takes a very uh, strange approach to to the character development and how the story progresses. He pulls a lot of uh, like supernatural elements into it and like weird plot twists. And I mean, it's kind of it's it's very like anime in a sense because you get a lot of that in in certain genres of anime too. And I mean, he's he's a Japanese director, so that's where he's going to get you know most of his inspiration from. But um, that was definitely like a major criticism was like, you know, the cutscenes are too long. So, but that's the, that's the number one, uh, pick for me on my gaming franchises. So, uh, so number two, two out of five for me, um, remember no, in no particular order. Um, it's going to be uncharted. Next one's uncharted. Mm-hmm. Um, I played all four of the uncharted. So I think there's four of them, right? Yeah, there's um, four. I mean, technically, if you include the the um, DLC that came out with Chloe, um, yeah, I don't. There's technically five, but I, I hear that was a good game though, even though it was a lot shorter than most Uncharted games. Uh, I did play that one. I, I didn't finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because it didn't have uh, Nathan Drake in it, it, I just it didn't hold my attention. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, so Uncharted, I I played it since the first one. You know, I fell in love with the the whole gameplay, the whole like um, swinging, climbing, shooting. Uh, I feel like the shooting didn't really have like the tightest mechanics because um, it, it was kind of doing like throwing a whole bunch of things in the game at once. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it was trying to be like the climber. It was trying to be the duck and cover. It was trying to be the shooter. It was trying to be like the, the grappler because you kind of, because you can, you know, sneak up on them and kind of like attack them from behind and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like the the storyline was really good. Um, I felt very like invested in the storyline. Um, you know, it had it had Drake in there, not not the rapper, but the actual character. Um, it had Sully, which was more like like his mentor. Uh, which in the other games, it goes into the, like their background about like how they met, how he kind of taught him more of the game. Um, there was also oh, I can't. What was her name? Elena. Elena, uh, yeah. yeah, so his, his like his, his love interest basically, yeah. So like his future wife basically, mm-hmm. and future baby mama. Mm-hmm. So that's when he first meets her, um, and then I think it was just them three in that game, right? And then they were pretty much fighting the 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 villain. Yeah, because I mean, you always had those three. Chloe, um, Chloe was kind of in and out. Like she popped up in part two. I think she was actually more of a main. Uh, co-character in part two than she was the other ones like elena was in part one and then she was not really in part two because they kind of have like an on again off again sort of relationship um and then it wasn't until four they kind of brought like all the characters back into the equation again including sam which was his brother uh so like four was probably like my i probably think uncharted four is like a masterpiece like i don't think there's anything they could have done like better or worse in that game like it was literally perfection uh the fact that you can play that on pc now is like makes me so happy that other people can experience that franchise yeah um i think that's that's pretty much it um i know in our last podcast or one of our last podcasts we were talking about the the movie where they made the the game adaptation to the movie and it was okay i actually watched it and um it was it was cool for for what it was <laughs> but i know how movie. like you were talking about how they were how they like picked certain scenes out of different games and kind of just threw it in there yeah 
It was kind of like a mixed um, bag. Like it was more like a, I don't even know how to put it. Like it didn't really follow any particular storyline. I mean, it kind of did, but it was almost like an homage to Uncharted because I think they're just trying to make a quick cash grab out of it, um, which is a shame because in every right, I feel like Uncharted is as good as The Last of Us in terms of the quality of the game and like the storytelling, even though they're both very like different kinds of games. I wish that Uncharted would have got the same level of attention as like the show on HBO is going to get for uh, Last of Us. I, I would love like an Uncharted series, um, but I just, I don't know, whatever, Sony. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have the material, you know, there's like how many treasure hunting shows or movies are there? Like, well, between there's, like there's, yeah, like Indiana Jones, National Treasure, Tomb Raider, you know, like, like Uncharted was heavily inspired by Tomb Raider. Yeah, there's still hope for that. They could still, still hope, do it. Still hope, still hope. So my next, uh, my next franchise that I'm like a huge, huge fan over is the Assassin's Creed series. I've been I've played every single Assassin's Creed that's come out. I played like the DLC versions of it. Um, there's just something very um, unique and impressive about the world that Ubisoft builds in Assassin's Creed. Like um, every Assassin's Creed basically has like a new city or a new setting and timeline that they venture into. Uh, which for some people they you know they experience a lot of burnout because just like okay like new city, new uh, protagonist, like new story. So it's kind of going through like that Call of Duty phase right now where they, they just kind of pump them out too fast and they're doing like the whole quali quantity over quality thing with Assassin's Creed. But before uh, the new company took over for the Assassin's Creed franchise, which was basically like they did Origins, they did Odyssey, and then they did Valhalla, which is like the most recent three. They did Unity and um, Syndicate before that. And that's kind of when Assassin's Creed was going through like it's um, like a change of development team. Like those two games didn't do very good in terms of the franchise, which is why they changed it up. But before that, when you had Assassin's Creed 1, 2, um, and then Assassin's Creed 3, and then Black Flag, like those games were amazing, dude. Like actually being able to play a character in like a fully realized world for its time. Like you had um, like the first Assassin's Creed took place during uh, like kind of medieval times during the Crusades. You had like Assassin's Creed 2 that took place in like Rome and Italy and everything like that. Assassin's Creed 3 was um, sort of like the colonization of America. So it took place sort of during like the Revolutionary War and the, the French Indian War and stuff. Dude, like the the detail that they built that world on was so like awesome to play in. Uh, the characters were really cool. They were complex. Uh, you know, the villains were really cool. It kind of put like an interesting twist on on history uh, that you don't really like think about. Like you think about like the Illuminati and like the Freemasons and stuff like that, and how like history is kind of like not what you think it is. Uh, like they did that in Assassin's Creed that raised a lot of those questions too. So um, growing up and playing those franchises, I just had so much fun. I thought the combat was really good. Um, being like stealthy and assassinating people was like super satisfying. Like if you if you like stalked your your prey and if you were able to like get in and blend and then like take that person out and then escape like nothing ever happened was like the most satisfying thing you could ever do in Assassin's Creed. So. Um, that's that's very high on my uh, list of favorite games is the Assassin's Creed games. Okay, um, I think I tried Assassin's Creed. Um, I I don't think I got too far on it because mm -hmm. once again, it's one of those stealth games, and I don't know what it is with stealth stealth games. I just I can't get into it. I like being a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So they also did a, a movie adaptation with the. Assassin's Creed, which you said that didn't really, it wasn't really that good or it was, it was okay. They missed the mark on that one. Yeah. I mean, like it was just, uh, which is, it's baffling because the producers, the, the Ubisoft actually worked closely with the development of the movie. And there was just so many decisions made in the movie that were different from the game that I didn't understand. So, uh, so next one on my list, uh, what is this? Number three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so number three, uh, I'm gonna go with God of War. 
Mm-hmm. God of War has been so fun. Every game has been so fun. Um, all the way from like the very first one, even I even played the one on PSPs on the PSP. Um, yeah. can't remember the name of it. They had Chains of Olympus. Uh, Chains of Olympus, I think, was the first one that came out on the PSP. And then, Ascension, right? Well, Asc- Ascension was actually technically the fourth Assassin's Creed. Uh, or I'm sorry, not Assassin's Creed. The, the fourth God of War. That came out on the PS3. I can't think of what the second game was, though. Like, uh, Chains of Olympus was one thing. I got to look it up. Go ahead, go ahead and talk about the game. I'm going to look real quick. Yeah, so um, so back then, they didn't have... Uh, well, if you're familiar with the newer God of Wars, they have... It's kind of like a upgrading system for your armor, for your... Uh, like your shield your weapons your health stuff like that uh back then it wasn't really as integrated like that it was pretty basic you have the same moves uh like you have basic moves when you start and then you get to unlock more moves as you you know progress through the the game you also get to i think your life bar goes up a little bit more and you get to be stronger mm-hmm. uh it didn't have the rage but <clears throat> It was still good. The storyline was really good, especially from the beginning where they're telling his origin story of why he has the red on him, why he has the white on him. Uh, I'm not going to tell you, but it's, it's very interesting. You can find it on YouTube. Um, I'll put it I'll put it in the video below of how he gets it. For like anyone that's never played uh, a God of War game before, like just play them <laughs> because they're good. The The game that we're trying to think of is Ghost of Sparta. So they had Chains of Olympus and they had Ghost of Sparta, which were technically prequel games to the first God of War. So so I think I had the first one then. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that one was super fun. I remember um, I bought it. I played like the shit out of it and then I stopped playing it. I found my PSP years later and the game was still inside. I turned it back on and I got right back into it. I started over and I was hooked on it again. Um, I know the new the new God of War that just came out uh, was a 2018. Um, yeah, I, think so. I was I was addicted to that game, uh, especially fighting the Valkyries at the end, because mm-hmm. um, you know there's different Valkyries for every like progression that you go through. You fight one, or you can even skip it and fight them all at the end. It, it depends, but yeah, they're I remember bosses, that. But like the they all they all have different move sets that you had to understand and get better at. And then when you fight the final Valkyrie, it uses like the movesets from all the other Valkyries that you fought. And you have to basically like, they combine into like one Valkyrie that you have to fight. Yeah, it was, it was good. Uh, the storyline was really good. Uh, the storyline with his son Atreus, uh, pretty much what happened. Um, cause the, the mom had passed away at the beginning of the game and they're, they're going on an adventure to spread her ashes at the, the highest peak of the mountain in the valley. Spoiler alert, Carlos. Spoilers, well, please. I mean, it happens very early in the game, so it's not sure really it's spoiling trailer. anything. It's in the trailer, too. It's kind of interesting to me, too, how many people like are praising God of War now that have never played any of the previous God of Wars because I have like such a, a huge appreciation for Kratos' character in the new God of War because I know exactly where he came from. Uh, so it's, it's funny to hear all the people that are like praising it that have never actually played it, which is why I tell people like, please go play like the old God of Wars. Even, even if the mechanics are a little old and it's more of like a hack and slash platformer versus what it is now, it's a lot more uh, intimate and uh, like it's, it's more of like a third person action game now versus like where it came from which was more of just a hack and slash kind of game so yeah so i'm i'm pretty much like a quarter of the way on the new one on um the god of war ragnarok yeah ragnarok it's trying to find the the cover of it but (laughs) Um, yeah i just i have i haven't had time to play like i i really want to spend like you know a good like five six hours just straight you know playing but i don't i don't have that kind of time I was going to do it today except I had stuff going on, but that that's, I, would, I told myself that like, I'm not going to play like any video games unless I start playing God of War again. Cause I picked it up and put in like three, four hours into it. And then I just haven't really played it since because like too much has been going on with the holidays. And then, uh, you know, now we're back to work again. So I, I got to find like that time to, to grind it. 
Yeah, so uh, that's that's pretty much all I have for God of War. It's a it's a really good game. If you can start on one, start on one and play through the whole series. Uh, it's definitely worth it. Highly recommended. Yeah, I'm I'm actually gonna like add on to that one a little bit too, because um, for me like that's definitely like one of my on the top of my list of like favorite gaming franchises, and specifically going back to like the OG God of War games. Like Kratos was such a badass character. Like he was like the perfect anti-hero uh like for like revenge bloodshed didn't care about like anything but getting his revenge super super tragic backstory the setting that they used in the original god of wars i mean like if you've ever watched like the wrath of the titan movies and all that stuff like imagining like gods and titans just going at it with like like little people just being there as bystanders I mean, that was like God of War throughout the entirety of its like first phase of the franchise. Um, being able to battle like Zeus and Hades and Ares with all these like magical like weapons and blades and and just being an absolute badass. That was such a good franchise growing up and he was such a good character. Even now, like uh, I, I know a lot of people don't like the new Kratos now because he's a lot more like docile a little bit more passive uh they they want like the old school rage kratos that just gets pissed off and doesn't care about anything but he has a lot of things to be responsible for which which i think is great storytelling in the new games because it's really it's really a game about fatherhood and consequences and making sure that your children don't relive the sins of your father and that's really what the new games are about so like it's an interesting con- contrast to how Kratos is developed as a character, uh, but they're they're all good. Like up until the brand new games that have come out, like it's an excellent excellent franchise. I do have a few more on my list, but I'm not going to go into all of them. Um, I think the next one that um, I'm going to add, just based on my personal experience and how excited I usually get for this franchise, is the Mass Effect series. Excellent storytelling, excellent RPG. Uh, made by a company called, um, it's made by Bioware. It was really unique for its time because the original game came out, uh, I think on the Xbox 360. Um, It originally came out on the Xbox 360. It was its own company and then they got, my bad. So it was a Microsoft game initially developed by Bioware and then EA bought the rights after the first game and then they made a trilogy from that. The cool thing about the game is all the decisions and consequences you make in the first game transferred over to the second game. And then that transferred over to the third game. So basically, like you were totally vested from beginning to end uh, based on like who lives and dies in your party, uh, what type of character uh, the protagonist has become. Because he's basically like every decision you make in the game will determine if you're sort of like good or bad throughout the series, but that will carry over into the next game and the next game. So like uh, if you didn't play the first game and like, say you started on part three or something, you're completely missing out on the experience and um, the different choices and endings that you could have gotten based on your playthroughs. Uh, So I really like that one a lot. It had a really good storyline, um, really good character development. Uh, it was an RPG, so you know it, it did have some of those sort of typical RGB tropes where you had to grind for experience points, you had to level up your characters, you had to level up weapons. So it did have a little bit of uh, grindiness to it if you had to advance the game in your in your character if you were like struggling on certain parts. Uh, but I thought the world building was great. It was a great sci-fi game. Uh, kind of gave like a new uh, tier of sort of space exploration that they were trying to mess with, which is disappointing when they came out with the fourth game, which was uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Mass Effect Andromeda was supposed to be sort of like a prequel to Mass Effect 3, but it was a completely different storyline, completely different characters. Uh, They were trying to go in a different direction. I guess at the time, the company that was developing Andromeda had got split in half because you had another team that was working on Anthem. And like, I don't remember if you remember Anthem. It was back when like all the looter shooters were becoming a big deal. They had The Division. They had um, Destiny. Those were like becoming like a big thing. So the Anthem and EA, they were trying to do the same thing. And the, 
it ended up taking all the best developers from Mass Effect and pulling them over to a different project. And then Mass Effect Andromeda ended up falling flat on its face because they just didn't have good developers on the series. All right. Uh, yeah, so I never played Mass Effect. Um, <laughs> the only thing I know about Mass Effect was, I think, the last game. Uh, I remember watching all the glitches and um, stuff like that, like the faces, like the eyeballs were like kind of like popping out or something, or they bad. had no expressions. Really, really bad glitches. It was so bad that they had to put out a patch. They put out a patch like... Um, a few weeks later that fixed a lot of those things and it pissed off a lot of people because people that already started playing the game was like so far past that point that they couldn't re-experience it anymore after they fixed all those ugly glitches that were in the game okay uh yeah i don't have any input on that game That's uh, okay. i wish i did but <laughs> i got nothing <laughs> yeah those are kind of my mains though like i mean those the three that i talked about plus god of war um, I definitely say those are my mains. Uncharted is one of my mains too. So I think the rest of the things I have on my list are sort of just like supplementary from this point forward. So number four is going to be Gears of War. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gears of War, I, I feel like the first uh, the first three games, they were so good, uh, especially the first one. I remember I went to the movies and the song came on and you see Marcus Phoenix kind of running down the street. You see like this big ass uh, spider pretty much pop out of the ground. Mm-hmm. He dives into the building kind of like to avoid it. And some other stuff happened in the trailer, but it had that one song, um, Gary Jules, I think it was his yeah, name. They, play, they played it during, uh, uh, what was that movie? Donnie Darko. <laughs> Michelle told me it was in the Donnie Darko movie. And then... And then I got into like a discussion with her. I'm like, well, that's not where the that's not where the song came from. Like that was from Gears of War. <laughs> yeah, from Donnie Darko. But yeah, yeah. So that's I mean that that song is stuck in my head because of that trailer. Just just that little like teaser trailer of it was so epic. Uh, when the game came out, man, I just I played the shit out of it. And it was back then when like co-op was like a really big thing. Yeah, uh, it was all the rage. Everybody was hopping online um and it it was like a couch co-op too as as well as online so but but it was so good uh it's just like the gameplay they introduced um well i don't know if they introduced but they it was heavily like injected with the cover and shoot Mm -hmm. uh tactics which was awesome it had like the slide it had the the running looked kind of weird because they were kind of like crouch running well, they were but, like big, like lunky dudes too. Like these were like, yeah. like these were like hulked out looking fools, like like running like full sprint <laughs> with their like <laughs> chainsaw gun. But yeah, yeah, oh yeah, the chainsaw was also uh, a really cool like add on to that game because you just walk up to the uh, whatever they I forgot what they're called, but you just chainsaw them right down the middle, mm-hmm. and you can even like go like in their back and stuff like that. There's different animations for it. Yeah. Um, they also had the like the chainsaw like duel. Um, I think that came out like in the second mm-hmm. game or the third game is one of those two. But if you guys try chainsaw each other at the same time, you kind of go into like this like war. Yeah, and you gotta like, like, like mash the games. buttons. You gotta mash. <laughs> and um it it was cool like like each game i felt like got better um as soon as the the like the head uh creator uh was named like clint clint uh i can't remember his name but i don't remember i don't remember but i I do Um, remember though like we like we used to get online and play that a lot like it, it wouldn't even be like multiplayer like we would be uh like back when we used to care about like trophies and achievements and we were trying to get like those uh those achievements like um, it was like the horde mode. Like, what mode was that that we used to play? Uh, yeah, it was, it was horde. It was called horde, right? And like, it was just like you. It was like four players, and you guys were like stacked up, and you just had to like defend like every single wave of like locusts that they would send at you, and and then you had to get that trophy. You had to play on like the hardest difficulty, and you had to survive for like ten minutes, and then you had to get like so many sniper kills or whatever. But like, uh, dude, we used to play that a lot. Gear, gears probably had the best co-op experience that i can remember uh of like recent memory like to me that was like the definite like that's kind of what like defined like co-op play is like when gears of war came out because that was like that was like legit that was like legit co-op and it was like they were good games tragic characters yeah they they really went into their backstory so you really you really felt their pain yeah 
not i don't think they really went into the backstory with marcus marcus phoenix so like the game starts off like he's in jail you don't know what he did not until like the like way future in the future they came out with uh, gears of war like judgment day or something like that yeah that was like the prequel that was basically like them leading up to getting marcus phoenix out of like jail or whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, the game it wasn't that good for some reason the mechanics felt so weird well, it kind of changed like after Gears 3, right? Because even, so you had Gears 3, then you had um, the one that you just mentioned, and then Gears 4 came out, and then Gears 5 came out. I, have, I haven't played either 4 or 5 since Gears 3. Gears 3 was the last one that I ever played. But like, I know that it's, something did feel kind of different about it. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like at that time, there was a bunch of games coming out with co-op. They had um, Army of Two, yeah. You remember Army of Two? Army of Two that was, one was similar a fun. Team. Like that was like really fun for a co-op game. They had like really cool mechanics in that one. Army of Two was good. Uh, yeah, they also had uh, Kane and Lynch. I don't yeah. know if you remember Kane and Lynch. That one was Kane really fun. They came out with the second one. It was fucking horrible. Yeah. <laughs> horrible. Do not recommend. Negative 100 out of 10. Do Damn, not play that game. That's too bad. I mean, I don't honestly, dude. Like we're at a point in time where I don't even think people know what that game is or where it came from. Yeah, that's true. That's that was made by that was age. actually a Square. I think it was like a Square Enix game that made Kane and Lynch when maybe when they picked up like uh like Crystal Dynamics or whatever. But yeah, I remember that one. But Gears of War was like the standard man. I remember that Gears of War two, like easily like the best game out of like all of them. Like the boss battles in Gears were so freaking epic. Like every boss that you fought was like a puzzle. Like they all had like a weak point that you had to exploit, um, and it made it like super challenging because like they're still throwing like hordes of freaking locusts at you the whole time. I just remember how freaking like massive some of those boss fights were. So yeah, and they're they're bullet sponges also. So yeah. well on the higher difficulties especially, man. Yeah, and then you had like yeah. you had the the action cue to you had to do like the tactical reload. Like if you miss your tactical reload, then basically like you screwed up your reload for the next like mag that you popped in there. Yeah. Like that was more called, yeah. That was called active reloads. I yeah, active those. reloads. So they yeah. had a lot of cool mechanics that they introduced in that game that, um, you know, they haven't really done recently. So. But those active reloads, they really help during multiplayer mm-hmm. because if you can reload faster, then it gives you the advantage um, from the opponent. Oh, hell yeah. And if you're freaking like, slide like wall grabbing around with a shotgun and doing that active reload you're basically like popping everybody's heads off before they have time to react dude people people that played like gears multiplayer that um were like at top like their the top level like top level players were so freaking sweaty and like i couldn't do shit in multiplayer man like i don't think they had any kind of like like skill based matchmaking back then like you just had whatever like host server that you were playing in and you just had to play people in that area and people that just like did nothing but play gears of war like day after day after day like you would just get like jacked in those freaking lobbies man i hated i hated gears multiplayer because i could do nothing in that game i was getting killed constantly dude i didn't know what i was doing wrong so yeah so that's uh my fourth out of the five um so yeah, so if you want to go next. Yeah, I'm uh I'm not going to go into like detail with uh, a couple of them that I have on my list, but I'll just mention them um just because they're franchises that I enjoy, but like um the quality of the games kind of go like up and down depending on like which version you're playing. Um one of them I kind of talked about already was Splinter Cell. Uh Splinter Cell I thought was always like a great franchise because it offered something very unique to the stealth action mechanics. Um, it had like a whole like shadow mechanic to where if you were hiding in the shadows, like nobody could see you. And that was like a really cool thing. Uh, the guy that voiced the character of Sam Fisher, the main protagonist, um, the actor that played him was Michael Ironside for the most part. I think they changed his voice in later games. Um, but Michael Ironside, when he was Sam Fisher, like those were like really, really fun games to play. They're pretty old now too, but there were some, there were some pretty good ones in there. And then one of the series I really enjoyed for the Nintendo was the Metroid series. Um, I grew up playing all the Metroid games, so Metroid and Super Metroid especially was like my one of my favorite Super Nintendo games. Um, and then they came out with the Metroid Prime games that were like on the GameCube, 
which changed everything to sort of like more of a first person shooter kind of a thing. But it kind of established what a genre that people call like Metroidvania now. Like there's a lot of games that sort of like emulate um, that style of gameplay that Metroid kind of was uh, founded on. But I enjoyed those games growing up. Those are a couple on my list that um, like if, if a new game comes out, I'm definitely paying attention to it. So okay. what's, uh, what's um, your next one? <clears throat> so, well, on the Splinter Cell, I remember playing Splinter Cell when it came out on the original Xbox. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the only part of that game that was hard, uh, besides like the gameplay, was using the controller. Oh, yeah. Because that controller was freaking huge. <laughs> Everything was hard. Like they had like the black and white button that was all the way on top that you had to like take your hand oh, off man. to actually like push like the them. The OG one. Yes. Yeah, it, was, it was like it was like massive, man. Yeah. It was like, it was like I can't remember if those buttons were on top or on bottom, but I remember like I had to take them off. Like, like two of these together, like putting both. Yeah. Of these, like... <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the Splinter Cell game was pretty fun. Uh, once again, I'm not into the stealth. I was I was always just in there to run and gun. But uh, but yeah, I never played Metroid. Yeah, the other thing too about Splinter Cell was when it first came out, it was a PC title. So um, a lot of people didn't have access to it right away until it was on Xbox. And I think it was a very like downgraded version on Xbox, which is probably why it didn't appeal to a lot of people because initially it was supposed to be for uh, for PC. It was better on PC. So even the mechanic, like the controls too, you know, like going to a game that was developed on PC where you can use like a full keyboard for for actions in uh, in hotkeys and then trying to condense that down to a controller doesn't always translate very well okay so uh last on my list uh is last of us okay there's only been two um two games technically they they have remakes they have um technically had like three remakes now well like two remakes they had one dlc game um and then you've got like the last of us two I guess technically yeah. you could say there's four games, even though there's really only two stories that they can get out of it. Yeah. So the first one, uh, the first one was really good. Uh, I think like what it came out like what 2013. It was a uh, long time ago. A little bit after Uncharted. I think Uncharted two came out, and then in between Uncharted two and three is I think when they made The Last of Us because I'm pretty sure it was first on the PlayStation three. It was like literally like at the end of the PS3's life cycle because they had to like squeeze like every ounce of power out of the PS3 to to develop that game. They like pushed it to the limits. Yeah, so I mean that kind of explains the the remake for it on the PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, so Last of Us um really good story from beginning to end. All the characters in, in there like you you uh you feel for them a lot. Um, that's why, you know, we're really excited for the show that's coming out on January 15th. I think, uh, this episode is probably going to come out after that date, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but, you know, look out for the YouTube episode that we're going to discuss it after it comes out. Um, you guys sent me a message saying that it was 83 minutes long. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, like a movie. Yeah, basically. But um, so the good thing is that it comes out like at six o'clock p.m. for us, so mm-hmm. it's not gonna be that late into the night. Um, I I kind of don't want to do like a really long uh, video on it, but if it does go long because it's so good, then you know it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that like I know it's only gonna be the first episode, and we have very high expectations, but I hope there is a lot to talk about, and I hope if we do a podcast after, it's not about how much we hated the episode and how whack it is so here's like crossing our fingers man like they're hyping this movie up a lot or the show up a lot and uh even neil Druckmann, the producer was straight up like we're trying we're gonna like break that that video game adaptation curse like we'll see man let's hope man i'm gonna have a i'm gonna have a couple of drinks i uh I actually thought about putting Last of Us like on my list too, but the thing is, is I don't think I don't think I can yet, just because there really is only two games that are out. I mean, like, um, like Uncharted has a little bit more relevance to me because they have come out with more, uh, and there's a lot more story they can flesh out of that. My concern for The Last of Us Three is like if they do continue to make more games, they either need to focus on like different characters uh, within the story. Um, or I mean, like, I don't know, like 
because you know I don't want to spoil anything for people that like haven't played the games or haven't watched the show. But like the the main character at the end of uh, Last of Us Two, like I don't know how much further they can go with that story. You know, like uh, I feel like they kind of wrap that story up the way that it should unless you start focusing on like side characters or if you like focus on like a whole different faction or different, you know, like in the same universe, but you know, different people that are surviving. I wasn't really sure if I should put that on my list um, all at once, just because I don't think they've really come out with enough games yet for me to say it's like a, like a true like franchise, you know? Yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, Especially that was my gripe with uh, the second one is they force you to play as a, a person in the game that I don't want to play you as. You didn't want to play as, yeah. Yeah. And and then, yeah, and then, you know, she has, like, so much impact on the story that at the end, you know, like, what happens happens. And you, you don't feel like you get closure, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I know that's a little spoily, but without spoiling anything. Yeah, but, I can understand that, know, too, though. You know, I, I wanted closure from, you know, you wait so long for a game and then for them to end it like that with no closure. And it, it kind of like I understand why it rubbed the people the wrong way and why it, there was like a little bit of outrage for it. But but I mean, if they do make a third one, I hope they just focus on Ellie and maybe she can be like how Joel was to her, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like raising somebody else that's like important to the story, too. Yeah. Like, I, I will definitely say, like, between both games, like, I love both games so much. The the first game, like, easily a masterpiece. Um, I think based on the story alone, the first game is my favorite, based on the story alone. But part two had such, like, good gameplay. Um, it did have a lot of characters, and it was a very, like, emotionally draining game despite the story and where it went, it was definitely like emotionally draining because I feel like we were going through like withdrawals or like one of, um, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to say anything, but, uh, it was definitely like emotionally draining. Like I remember like Michelle, like watching me play that game and I would just be like, so sad, (laughs) like depressed, (laughs) you know, not because the game was bad because it was good, but it's just like, you really do like feel like the pain that the character is going through in the game, uh, which is why it's like hard, like it's hard to play compared to the first one. Like the first one's a lot more straightforward, but then like part two really get, goes into like the consequences of what happened in the first game. So it's like two very different sides of the same story. Um, there's actually a game too I wanted to bring up that I didn't add on my list, but definitely don't want it to be a forgotten franchise is a Bioshock. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. The Bioshock games, man. Like I remember playing definitely like the first two and then three was also good, even though technically part three is like a different storyline, but man, I would love for them to come out with like another Bioshock game. Uh, Bioshock one and Bioshock two were so good. Like they were such good games. Yeah. I remember playing the first one a lot. Um, I don't really remember the second one, but, um, but yeah, the first one was really good. I, I loved it. Yeah. Definitely a top 10 for me. The twist, dude, the twist in that game was such a good twist. Um, it was, it's probably like a little dated now if you play it, but it, it introduced like so many like cool mechanics. It wasn't your typical like run and gun first person shooter. Uh, you know, you had a lot of abilities and a lot of different like, uh, ammunition you could use for different enemy types and you could use the environment to your advantage. You could electrocute the floor. You could set the wall, you could set the floor on fire if it was like oily and stuff like that. Um, the character, the, the characters were really cool. The twist was really cool. Part two, um, even though it's, it's a sequel to part one, it's not like it directly, story related to part one because i know in part two you play as like a big daddy and that was actually kind of a cool like twist it was more actiony i feel like part one was a lot more like survival horror-ish whereas part two was a little bit more on the action side i do remember that now that you bring up the big daddy i do remember playing it i think i think personally for me i think that's why i didn't like it because it, it wasn't like a continuation of the first one yeah yeah, because they didn't really like carry the story on. It was sort of like 
taking place around the same time as the first game. And then part three, which was uh, inf- Infinite or Infinity, was like a completely different storyline altogether, but that one was also really good. I remember that had some really cool twists in it too. I remember watching uh, gameplay and the trailers on it. I, ne- I never touched that game. That one was actually really good. Um, the story was actually really good in that one. It's got a cool twist to it. But I- I'd, be, I'd be excited for like another Bioshock game that comes out. So uh, I think that's pretty much it for our list. I know there's a lot of games that we left out. Uh, I know there's Halo, there's Dead Space, there's, you know, Resident hundreds Evil. of games. Yeah, Resident <laughs> Evil. Resident there's, Evil. <laughs> there's a lot of games that we can talk about. Uh, maybe yeah. we can do a part two to this one. Yeah, and, uh, we could probably do one where, um, like, we're just talking about the ones that we care about the most and the ones we like the most. But there's obviously a lot of franchises out there, and some of them have kind of, like, fallen off, and uh, some of them were just kind of like hesitantly waiting for them to come back like silent hill that's another great franchise that has kind of gone away uh we used to play we used to talk about uh, resistance back on the ps3 days like that's another one that just kind of went away and yeah um, resistance was so good there's also kill zone kill zone was really good yeah kill zone was dope the thing about kill zone is it's uh it kind of like has a new uh found franchise now with the horizon zero dawn games same people that make Horizon Zero Dawn is the company that made Killzone. Uh, but I remember, dude, Killzone was was sick back in the day. I do remember Killzone. Yeah, so, a lot of games, man. A lot of games. But we'll get to them all eventually. Probably not on this podcast, but in the near future, we'll be definitely doing a lot more. Talking about some, uh, we'll talk about some of those forgotten franchises that we just wish they'd bring back. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so that's gonna wrap it up for this podcast. Thank you guys for listening all the way to the end. Uh, if you did listen all the way to the end, uh, put a number three in the comments below so we know who you are. Um, like and subscribe. Uh, once again, my name is Carlos. And I'm Sean, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on this new episode. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace out. Peace.